Welcome to episode 14 of It Is What It Is, presented by Sports Cap Value. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. Welcome back to Sports Cap Value. On this week's episode, we discuss college football as it kicks off in its entirety this Thursday through Saturday with week one. Our college football and Gamecock insider Pat returns and joins us in studio to give us all the details as we discuss the state of college football, conferences realigning, NIL, and the upcoming season. We go in-depth over the South Carolina Gamecock schedule, predict the season outcome with the over-under totals, as well as our playoff predictions and national championship winner. What an episode we have in store for the listeners today. Four weeks into August has given us a lot of momentum heading into football season. We just wrapped up our fourth week being in the positive where we stand at nearly 45 units for the month, winning nearly 25 this past um, week. For baseball, it's the over-unders, the money lines, and a few run lines has been our breadwinners. We don't jump on the favorites at minus 250 and whatnot. Are we going to be taking the Braves night in and night out? Probably not. No, because there is no value there to be made. We dive deep into value, we are not afraid to take the dogs, and we feast on total runs for the game. We look forward to kicking off this football season off shortly and continue to provide results to our subscribers. Here's to much success in the 2023 football season for college football and the NFL. What better way than be a part of our project that we have going on with sports cat value we are a new consulting company that's been around we've been live now for almost nine months we've been working on this thing for a couple years now and for us to go live now and for this to be our first football um, season getting ready to kick off we are to be being excited is an understatement we cannot thank everyone that's been involved behind the scenes we are looking forward to getting uh, more people signed up as more people become aware of our company, Sports Cat Value. We are basically a consulting company. We are a betting advisory. We provide picks on a daily basis through a VIP subscription services. We offer a monthly package for $90. That's 3 bucks a day for 30 days where you get our card uploaded to our website every day for 30 days. That's $3 to get you all the picks for the major sports, MLB, College football, NFL, Major League Baseball, golf, you name it. We are here for you, providing you the value that you cannot provide to yourself on a daily basis. Hey, our college football and Gamecock insider, Pat. Pat, how you doing? Doing well, man. How you doing today? Good. You're the uh, first one to be officially in studio at Sports Cat Value, so thanks for joining us today. A pleasure having me, man. This is uh, exciting. Football season's right around the corner. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, as I previewed earlier, uh, before you came on and joined us, and we, I know we got a lot of talk about to talk about today with um, college football. Uh, lots to discuss as we kick off with Thursday through Saturday. Um, so, let's get into it. First of all, what is the state of college football with the conference realignment and whatnot? What's your thoughts on that? I think it's a mess right now. Um, we are. We're seeing the Pac-12 fall apart. It's now the Pac-4. Um, Big Ten added Southern Cal, UNC, Oregon, and Washington. Big 12 added Colorado, Utah, 
Arizona and Arizona State. Um, the Pac-12 just looks weak, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, this this thing it, it kind of all started many many years ago when this was probably when you know probably when we were young was when Boston College and Miami joined the ACC a long time ago, probably twenty plus years ago. And then you see Missouri and Texas A&M join the SEC back in 2014. Right. Fast forward about 10 years later, and you have Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC now. And we officially have conference explosion. So that's kind of where we are today. It's crazy. It's <laughs> absolutely crazy. You're right where it started many, many years ago. But the most recent developments are kind of – it's reshifting – college football as we know it there is no longer a power five programs right so when you say oh he's a commit to a p5 school you can't say that anymore it's a p4 school yeah um and it all comes from money money talks what what's your thoughts on with the air quote student athletes kind of having to travel across the country and you know a lot of times it used to be back in the day when kids committed for whatever sport, you know, they were, there was a big uh, thing to sell for your program with, with them staying in state or what have you. And now kids are having to, you know, travel from East coast to West coast and vice versa to go play in conference games for whatever sport it may be. What do you think about that? I think it's insane. Um, I don't know about you, but when I travel to the West coast for work, pleasure, whatever it is, right. my internal clock is completely messed up for like three days afterwards. Yeah, it's crazy because they, they're expected to get on a plane, go travel, play a game, turn around, come back, and go to class the next day. It's, how, uh, how, how does that, that work? Yeah, it, it how doesn't is that work. possible? That does not work. It's absurd. So it's, it's, it's going to be – I mean, I think the Missouri coach hit it well a couple weeks ago. He's like, well, what about the student athlete and, and like I said earlier about the class and whatnot – How's it going to – it's going to take a toll on their bodies. And how are they going to – they're college kids, and this is – I don't – it's going to be fascinating. It's, it'll work out for the big sports with football and basketball. But how's it going to work for baseball and track, the Olympic sports? Yeah, I mean, but I'm sure – have you watched the most recent Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix? No, I haven't yet. I'm sure it, back in 2010 or 2011 when Johnny Manziel blew up, he had to start doing online classes. Yeah. And I think he was the first real college athlete that shifted to that right. full online class. And based on my conversations with some university officials, majority of college athletes are only online classes. I got you. And I think that's what they're going to stick with. Um, that's not going to change. It's just, at the end of the day, the people that are making these decisions should not be the people they should not be decision makers right they are they are guys that that have been a nobody for so long and they finally have an opportunity to say oh let me change conferences right let me let me push to change conferences and it's just messing everything up i mean but at the end of the day it's all about money it's all about tv deals we all know the pac-12 network was bombing mm mm-hmm. Absolutely bombing. So they have been, They were trying to get with Apple TV streaming. Okay. You know, kind of like Messi and Inner Miami. Um, okay. 
they hooked up with Apple TV streaming and Pac-12 was going towards that model. But they were only guaranteeing each team $23 million a year. Okay. Do you know what South Carolina makes off SEC Network alone? Uh, I'm going to probably say 100. Oh, no, 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 no. 50? Yeah, it's 49 50? Okay. $49.5 million. So these schools that have left, let me just rattle this off real quick. So the Apple TV, $23 million a year. The teams from the Pac-12 that went to the Big 12 are making $30 million a year starting 2024. Okay. And then the teams that went to the Big 10 are making $60 million a year. Okay. That is a huge difference from $23 million. <laughs> yeah. And so, obviously, with you know the SEC being the, I guess, cream of the crop, for lack of a better term, what does that do for... The conferences in our, I say our as in the conferences, revenue going forward. Obviously, they're going to look to boost that even higher with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. So that's that's kind of, that's where the SEC, they didn't get as high of a number as they expected when they brought in Oklahoma and Texas. Okay. Was it officially yet? I guess, well, next year? Yeah, we're going up to like $60 million okay. a year okay. per team. Right. But they expected a lot more adding Longhorn Network yeah. and whoever Oklahoma used. Um, it's it's just one of those things. I, I just don't I don't know how it's going to last. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, or with that being said and the realignment and so much going on and maybe so much unknowns, are, are we are we at the peak of college football? You think, or, or are we just getting started? Or are we, or is it, it the better days behind us? Because I feel like, you know, as a as a sports better, sports advisory, I guess you could say in sports cafe, like I'm excited for football. You know, like like this is the the most you know excited I've been in a long time, and maybe it helps being a soccer. You know, we're both soccer alumni, so our football team's kind of on the uprise for lack of a better term, but. I'm excited. I mean, is are we peaking right now, or what's going on with college football? That is a great question. <laughs> yeah. um, I I don't know the answer to that. It, it changes different for everybody, yeah. right? So when anything changes, you're going to question it, right? Um, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen with the ACC. Yeah, FSU wants out. They're leaving. Well, they're locked in though for like. No, they're not. No, they're not. No. Oh, I thought the conference was locked in with, with the TV deal for like, do like 20, 30 something? With the TV deal, but that was with NC State's vote, and NC State's about to change their vote. Okay. So, FSU and Clemson did not want to bring in Stanford, um, Cal, and what was the other team? Uh. I can't remember the other team, but they did not want to bring them in. And now UNC is about to change their okay. vote to allow them in. Okay. Um, SMU, Cal, and Stanford. I got you. Um, so if they change that vote, FSU wants out. FSU wants the S in the SEC, and so does Clemson. But here's the deal. When you think about the TV deals, who owns SEC Network and ACC Network? ESPN, right? Disney. Disney, yeah. Disney would be betting against himself. 
Okay. Why would you bet against yourself and bring in other teams, lose revenue on one end, and have to pay out more on the other end? Right. So with uh, NC State switching their vote, as we discussed earlier, I've heard through the grapevine that ACC, as early as this week, could be adding Cal, SMU, and Stanford. Really? Which that, that takes revenue away from the big programs like Clemson and FSU, which you already know that they're not happy with the amount of money they're making. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen there? It just seems like a domino effect with a lot of stuff going on. Like I think there's just so many unknowns. Like you said earlier, it's all about the money. These ADs and presidents, I don't know if they know what's going on. And I don't, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out in the next couple, couple of years uh, once it all kind of just kind of dies down after everybody realigns for, I guess, here in the next year or two. It's, it's just like a race to the top. That's what it seems like. Yeah, that's the problem. And the next thing too, like the whole NIL is like, how do you, how do you cap the NIL, and what kind of effect is that going to have on people? You know, it's already you see in players go for, you know, several hundred thousand, if not millions of dollars, to, just to sign. And the thing is, like, if you're a business person, how is, how is that, how do you get a return on investment? I mean, I know there's people with stupid money, but how do you get a return on investment for a player that you have no idea is going how they're going to pan out? Um, you must need those contracts to be incentive based in my opinion. Um, but you can ask John Ruiz. Okay. Do you know who that is? I don't. So he is the big, big boy booster for the Miami Hurricanes. Okay. And he has been donating. He has his own collective. He has been donating so much money towards the Miami Hurricane football program that the SEC, not not our SEC, but the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, started. he started popping up on their radar. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised, Miami. <laughs> yeah. So he is, uh, he is under criminal, federal and criminal um, investigation, and it all stemmed from his donations towards the NIL. Huh. So... On that, he's a big boy donor. South Carolina, we've got a couple big boy donors, but teams like Alabama, the the Blue Bloods, Ohio State, Georgia, they've all got guys that will throw however much money needed to get a player they want. Right. When he's getting investigated, is that going to red flag them? Because... You, you and I both know, multi people don't like people knowing about their money. <laughs> so yeah. that's just a matter of time. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't want to get into recruiting, you know, as we've talked about. We talked about recruiting, you know, while Pack, when you were on the, episode, on the podcast earlier, prior episodes. Um, but, yeah, how is South Carolina, you know, we're both uh, – alumni of the University of South Carolina, so we wanted to focus a little bit on South Carolina football as as we're getting ready to kick our schedule off and how does how does South Carolina compete from an NIL standpoint when you don't have the quote unquote um you know Elons and you don't have the old money and you yeah. don't have 
the Bezos or what uh, have you, you know? Brink's truck. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we're not there. Yeah. And we got a couple guys. So I'm, I'm right. not going to name them in particular. Sure. But um, we've got a couple guys, but they are old Southern money. Right. And they're worried about giving their money towards a collective. Yeah. Um, which is why they bought one of them out, which was very helpful. Um, but we're not, we're not. Is that because they don't, they, they can't control it once it goes to exactly. the collective? Yeah. they they were used to putting a bag of cash in the back of somebody's trunk. Yeah. We talked about this on the last podcast. I mean, this new way of paying players legally, right? It, they're, they, it, they can't comprehend it. They, they don't understand how it works. They don't understand who's handling the money, where it's going, what hands it's going into. So we're not we're not where we should be nil wise for South Carolina, but we have Shane Beamer has done a great job with nil, like a fantastic job with nil, yeah. and he's told these players like, look, there will be money for you, but you got to produce on the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing too is you know been around the program for many, many years now and following the Gamecocks here and here out every season is if you play well at South Carolina, you are going to be a legend and the the, the, the money that you're going to get on the back end and the notoriety and the welcoming to all kinds of stuff, jobs, what have you, careers – is just you can't put a price tag on that, and I think South Carolina and Shane Beamer—that's how you have to sell it, you know, for the future going ahead. Yeah, I mean, but it's not even that. So that's we're talking about the era of like Jadavion Clowney. We're talking about Connor Shaw, who great college quarterback. We knew he wasn't going to make it in the NFL, and he's come back and he's done well with um, the insurance business and mortgage and everything in the Columbia area. But I'm talking more so while they're in college, not just a back end sure. payday. Right. But much I mean, more than a stipend that they used to get, right? Way more. Right. I don't I don't know if you saw Spencer Rattler's new G Wagon that he got <laughs> last week, but yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. I wish I could buy his old one because that one was sweet too. Um and that's that's the thing. You have what, eighty five guys on the roster, not everybody's getting those deals. I mean, I don't care what program you are, everybody's not getting those deals. Right. But at South Carolina, you're gonna have a handful of guys, maybe ten guys that are going to be deserving of that, you know? Yeah, but we also pay all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which, which, which Shane's done a good job of that, but he's done more of what we talked about before, incentive-based NIL. Sure. So he, he's, I don't, he's not doing this in particular because that's not against NCAA right. guidelines. Um, but our NIL collectives are writing up incentive-based contracts for these players to where – Similar to NFL. Um, you do this, you do that per season, this is your payout. So if you're if you're just an ordinary Joe, you're just a nine to five working mom or pop, how can you get involved to 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 donate to the school or donate to NIL? Is it with the Garnet Trust? The is Garnet it? Trust, yeah. yeah. So so they have a seventeen oh or eighteen oh two program. Okay. Um, it's like eighteen dollars and two cents a month. Okay, great program. Um, and that 
that program alone, they're up to over a million dollars per year. That's great. That they're raising just from that. But that goes to all sports too, right? Not just for football or is it just for football? Um, All sports, um, baseball, basketball, football in particular. Um, But they'll, they'll, they'll throw some to the soccer team or whatever they need to, to kind of keep those coaches happy as well. Yeah. It seems like soccer has done a good job of, I mean, especially when our prior AD was here with, you know, Hyman they did a great job of fundraising with the, the seat tax, which everybody's got now. And then with selling, you can buy your name, put your name on a brick around the stadium, stuff like that. It's yeah. just gone a long ways that people get excited about that. It's not a big expense out of your daily, out of your pockets, um, that you can at least contribute and still have a long-lasting effect. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hyman was the best AD we could ever have. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, he took us from – I mean, you're really not seeing the fruits of his labor until now. I mean, I know we had some success during the Spurrier days and all that, but that was really the start of when we really started to turn the corner of getting the indoor practice facility, getting the new operations building. That didn't just happen overnight. No, it didn't. So And it's crazy. He, he – he laid the foundation for Ray Tanner, and Ray Tanner has just come in and squandered the whole thing, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Ray Tanner was a fantastic baseball coach, probably the best ever in college baseball. Yeah. He should have stayed on that field. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's getting a little bit better, but his his coach hirings, he got he struck he got he struck um lightning with Shane Beamer. Yeah. Luckily because he would have been fired if that didn't work out. Yeah. Um they time will tell, but I I think Ray Tanner is is slowly retiring and we're going to have to bring another big time AD in cuz we can't if they try and fill that with somebody in house like they've done in the past, I just don't see that working. Yeah. Uh I, I... I think a lot of people questioned the hire initially, and I don't want to get too involved deep into this, but obviously him, his record for baseball is just unmatched, and there's no question about that. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the best coach Cyclones ever had. And for him to move in that AD role, and I know he's very good on the business side and stuff, but the results have not been there from the hiring of coaches, and I think that's been in the question. Yeah, we've had success with Don Staley, but that wasn't a Tanner hire. Right. That was a Hyman hire. I mean, he's been done great in keeping her around the program, right. keeping her here. Yeah. And then having to hire – we'll see with the new basketball coach, um, Tom Mattel. He's in his second year. He's got a long way to go. A long way to long go. long way to go. And then he's on his second football coach. I think he – like I agree, he has hit a home run with Shane Beamer. And then the jury's still out with baseball. So those are the big sports that everybody's concerned about. So um, we'll kind of keep it going from here. And let's, this is about football. We want to, you know, get more into that. Let's break down the South Carolina football season, the schedule for this season. And as we say every year, it's brutal. Yeah, it's it's brutal. We have every year, at least the past six years, the hardest schedule in college football. And I don't care if you're a Georgia fan or a Missouri fan. Just look at the numbers. We have the hardest schedule in college football. Missouri, you're not playing Clemson every year. I promise you that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our listeners here are going to call me a homer, and I, I'm not going to discredit that. I mean, I'm a huge Carolina fan. Like, I, I, I will always be a Carolina fan. I can 
thank my grandfather for that, for taking me to every game in 2000 when we went 0-11. Um, I knew my college football team was terrible then. <laughs> and um, luckily, I was in school from 2010 to 2014, which were the best years for South Carolina football. You're, but, um, you're so lucky. I, I was graduated right before then, so I was – I was – Spurrier's first four years were my four years of college at Carolina. So I saw uh, saw some good things, saw some bad things, saw us uh, progress into that, the run that we went on, the best run that we've ever been on from a football perspective. So That Ole Miss game, I was a senior in high school. I was there for that yeah. in nine. That was fun. Yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah. The Alabama stuff, beating them. Just in like, 2010, they're yeah. ranked number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I guess, let's kind of go through the schedule real quick. I mean, I guess we'll dive into each game. I shouldn't say real quick. But, obviously, we kick off Saturday with North Carolina. Matt Brown, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country in May. Possibly a Heisman contender. Absolutely. Um what are your thoughts on the game? How, how, do, how do we evaluate this game? All right. So this game's going to come down off our offensive line. Okay. If our offensive line can get a push and get to carry on Joyner, who is now running back. I don't know if you do that, but yeah, he's yeah. not running back. We, we know he's not playing quarterback. Yeah. Um, if, if he can get some rushing yards, some consistent rushing yards, we're going to win that game. But it's going to be a high-scoring game no matter what. Yeah, I look at this and I think it's going to be a shootout. You got two guys, Spencer Rattler and May, they got something to prove. I think it's just going to be a shootout. What's the what's the over under right now? Sixty uh, four. I haven't looked. I should probably know that. I'm not going to give it out because I'm, pro- I'm probably going to put something on my card, so I don't want to give it out on the podcast. Can I give it out? Let me pull it up while we're talking about it. Take the over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be an absolute shootout, and I think it's in Bank of America in Charlotte. Um. I don't know if you looked at the tickets, but the South Carolina side is pretty much sold out. Oh, I'm sure. UNC, we, we, we not travel so well much. over there. Um, it's going to be a close game, high-scoring game, but I think we're going to win it. It's definitely uh, a very critical game for South Carolina's over-under totals and even their win total in general, you know, right out the bat. So um, the over-under is 64.5 as of right now we're speaking. North Carolina's minus 2.5, so – yeah, we're gonna so, I mean, just early looking at it, it's shootout-wise, yes, I'm looking at the over. I'm not saying I'm going to take it. And then, obviously, if you got, if you don't feel like South Carolina, you don't take the two and a half. You take the money line. You get yeah. some value there. Take so. the money line. I just I – don't, I don't see their defense being so young and their wide receivers are so inexperienced. If they can't run the ball on our defensive line, which is pretty stacked this year. I mean, yeah, we're strong at secondary too, but May's a good passer. The question is – how is our linebacker play going to be? I mean, we've got a little bit of experience last year. We're still young. And then how do we how do we stand at receiver? I know we've got Leggett. We've got – is Van back? No, no, no. He, he got drafted. Van's gone. That's right. we got Leggett and um, who's the other receiver? I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. I can't remember. So, we'll uh, – Yeah, I mean, so it's going to be a tough one. And obviously, I'm going to pick Sacramento to win here. Just for our over-unders. Um. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be a close game. The two-and-a-half point spread, I, I I, don't know if I would touch the money line or the spread. I, I'm definitely going to touch the over. Yeah, 64-and-a-half um, hasn't making it. So that's like 
34-31 shootout or it's, something like that? It's going to be a shootout. UNC's defense ranked like 131st last year in the country. Yeah. If if we have any sort of a defense, we're going we're gonna to win that game. Yeah, I mean, before we dive into the season, you know, one thing that really gets me excited is there's a lot. Well, one, you've got Spencer Rattler, who's, you know, trying to get that first-round pick and really, you know, solidify his spot in the NFL draft in the first round. Then you got a new offensive coordinator in Darrell Loggins, who we don't know really a lot about. He has a lot of NFL experience. So I, as a fan and as a grad, I'm looking forward to seeing what he calls. So I don't – is it going to – I hope we're very excited after the first game on Saturday evening. Yeah, it's like Tennessee after Tennessee last year. <laughs> yeah. I really did. Yeah. You hope that's the case as I'm a few beers deep at that moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I spoke with, with a guy in the program today. Spencer Rattler has full reign of the offense until he needs to be reined in. That's great. If that tells you anything, yeah. that means we are going to be coming lights out. And I think special teams is going to make the difference for South Carolina. Really? I really do. We, have, we did it a lot last year. We have Pete Limbo, who's one of the best special team coordinators in the country. Okay. I think that's going to make yeah. the difference. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Saturday night is going to be legit. So, um, yeah. So, after that, we've got Furman. There's not much really to say about that except just our, our typical in-state opponent that, this, that, you know, this year is Furman. So. I, I mean, Furman's a top-10 FCS team. Yeah. They're bringing back a lot of starters. It's going to be a closer game than we want, I guarantee you. You think so? That. Oh, yeah. You think it's a kind of a, a not necessarily a letdown and lose a game, but closer than the experts think is the course yeah, I used yeah. to say. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be closer than the experts think, and I think um, I think their experience. I mean, they have like seventeen returning starters, and they went ten and three last season. Yeah, I, I think they're a really good FCS team. Granted, I don't think we're going to lose to them, right? But I think it's going to be a lot. Closer. Major letdown after the getting re- ready for the first yeah. game. The, uh, you're in the spotlight, a yep. big opponent, especially so, if we're coming off a high, winning, yeah. winning okay. in Charlotte. Yeah, upset, I guess, based on the spread. Yep. Okay, and then next up we have obviously the world beaters in Georgia at Georgia. At Georgia. Three thirty on CBS. I mean, the spread is probably going to be 21-24, give or take, unless we just dominate North Carolina. Um. Yeah, that's probably gonna be the spread. I, I have them as a three touchdown favorite. Yeah. Um. I just I don't. The QB position for Georgia is the only thing that intrigues me. Uh, we all know they're loaded with talent, just right. stockpiled. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Every year, it they lost how many in the first round this year? Like four or five, and it's then crazy. probably twelve total to the NFL draft. And they're reloading like it's nothing. Yeah, I think Kirby Smart and Nick Saban's proven that you really – I mean, it, they have good quarterbacks, and Saban's brought in five-star quarterbacks, and Georgia's brought in five-star quarterbacks, but you win with Stetson Bennett, and then Saban's won national titles with a quarterback like McElroy and those guys. Or they're, you know, good quarterbacks coming out of high school, but you win up front, offensive line, D-line, and they recognize that. And that's why they restock. They're, they're too deep. On both sides of the ball, and they—that's where they realize they're going—they're going to win the game. We'll get to Alabama's offensive line <laughs> a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's—that's that's gonna be an, one of the L's for us this year. Um, they're just too talented, man. We can't compete with that. Do you think there's any chance with the quarterback? You know, or is this no? They're just so good. No, everywhere else, um, we're just so young at linebacker. We're we're moving. Tonka Hemingway inside this year. I mean, he's a freak of an athlete, but we just 
we don't have the front seven pressure that we would need to get to the quarterback in the first place. Right. So if there's some receivers can create separation, it's yeah, it's kind of a done deal. Yeah, I think I think that's one you just you hope we put you know we match up somehow and keep it close for as long as you can, and you hope Spencer Rattler just goes almost perfect in the game. But at the end of the day, I think that's one you chalk up, chalk up as an L on the board. Yeah, I mean Spencer Rattler, he's he's a special player. Yeah, I mean it, I, you can say what you want about his days at Oklahoma. There's a reason he was the number one recruit in the country coming out of high school. Right. And if he if he can pull out some magic that game, I'll be presently surprised. Right. Um it's it's just one of those things. I mean, when when Georgia can stockpile players like that, it's just hard to compete with. Yeah. Yeah. Um next up is our I guess really a our first our home game, first home game is Furman, but this is really your first SEC game with Mississippi State. Um, they got an intriguing quarterback, new coach. Um, this is one of those kind of wild card games. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a, another, another close game. I mean, <laughs> we're South Carolina fans. We're used to sweating it out until right. the last thirty seconds of a game. Um, and I'm worried that we might be beat up coming out of Athens. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, UNC Furman will have time to get healthy, but Athens, it's a dog fight. Yeah, every time we play them. Is this a trap game potentially? I think it is. Um, I think it's gonna be very close. Mississippi State's front seven, their linebacking core. Yeah, they they have three of the best linebackers in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, they're just they're fast. They hit hard. They hit the gaps hard. They are good linebackers. Yeah, the the way I look at this is if let's say we lose to North Carolina, we win the we beat Furman, lose to Georgia, and we're one and two going to Mississippi State. I can all but guarantee we're playing at twelve o'clock that Saturday. Yeah, we play at twelve o'clock, but Mississippi State's used to twelve o'clock games. Yeah, um, I don't. I think if it's a night game, I think we can potentially win this. I so I don't know if you picked up on this last year. SEC Network loves having us at 7.30. They do. Because of the new lights in the city. Yeah, they do. I, th- I think it's more likely going to be a night game. And even if it was an earlier game, I think we're going to win this game. Okay. I really do. Okay. So after that, we uh, got potentially a re- revenge game for Tennessee as we make the trip to Knoxville, where we have not played well there recently. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's I, I think Tennessee's got to be set for a letdown season. Whether they beat win the game or not, I think overall th- this is I don't know how we're going to fare in this game. I mean they they're going to have a very explosive offense. I guarantee you that. Sure, Josh uh, Heupel is one of the best offensive minded coaches in the country. They have Hendon Hooker returning with Jalen Hyatt. I mean they're going to be explosive. Milton. That was Milton, and I thought. Hooker got drafted. I think it was Milton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Milton. I mean, he's still good, too. He yeah. came He came right. with him. Um, it, it it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That that coach's right. offense is going to be explosive. Another shootout, you think? Um, It's going to have to be for us to win. Yeah. I mean, it really will. Yeah. I Especially in Neyland, I, I, don't, I don't see us winning that game. I don't either. 
Yeah, I think, I, think it's gonna be, I think it's going to be Vols by two touchdowns. I mean, they're at, they're out for blood after we beat their brakes yeah. in last season. Right. Yeah, that was an exciting game. That was an awesome game. So, potentially we're through what, five games now. Uh, yeah, we get a bye week. We get, we're all kind of recover. Get healthy. Then we got Florida at home, and I think this is a – go ahead and put us down for a W. I think this is a revenge game for us. We went down there last year and just – shit the bed yep we laid an egg um i i think that we are going to win and win by a lot and you know the um it's gonna help that we had a bye week yeah the week before sure i wouldn't be shocked if napier got fired after that game really yep really that's is that a hot take that's a hot take okay i mean we're known to get Florida Gator quarterback or head coaches fired that early in the season. You think? Yes, he's already on the hot seat. Yeah, they they want to win now. They're, they're that's a difficult place. Dude, you can't that place. They have such high expectations. It's unbelievable. They want to fire Urban Meyer after the second season. I mean, you remember last year how bad South Carolina was in after that game? The fans and everybody were like considering we were going and finishing up the season with Tennessee and Clemson. I was shocked Satterfield didn't get fired. Yeah. I mean, I, I just remember watching that game. It was a night game, and we just – it was a it was like the wrong team got off the bus when they were making their way to the stadium from the airport. It really was. But we talk, we hit this on the last podcast. Like, our offense was so overcomplicated last sure. season. I agree. Which, when, when you can't let these players run free and just pl- run plays that they're really good at, call, at right. running, yeah. like – you're not going to be successful. Yeah, I think the offense changed a lot after that game, but also I think we played pretty well in all facets of the you know of the game, both sides of the ball, special teams, whatnot. We kind of were clicking those last two games of the year. Yeah, we were clicking, but it was also uh, Satterfield already been told he wasn't going to be retained, <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of the excuse me, the I don't know, are we allowed to cuss? Yeah, sure. It was the fuck it mentality, <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what. Our offense did. They just went out and just said, hey, these five plays we're really, really good at. Let's see if they can make a stop. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. That's all that was. Okay, so after Florida, we go to Missouri. This is kind of a – I think this is a potential revenge game for us because Missouri came here last year. I was at the game, and this is one of those where, like, we just could never get anything going, could never move the ball down and just couldn't do anything. And they just – South Carolina seems always to have that one game that they're, they're supposed to win and they don't, and vice versa. They're supposed to lose and they win. Seems like that's been a trend in the last as long as I've been alive. At least know? since two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Missouri's always been a thorn in our side. They have. And what is this? Five straight for them. They beat um, us five times in a row. Um, this would be five. Holy crap! And realize it was that long. Yeah. I, I think we. So I, I have Missouri and A&M pulled in. I think we go one and one between A&M and Missouri. I like our chances with Missouri more than I do with against A&M. Exactly. So I, I think we're going to beat Missouri, but then we're going to come in beat up against A&M. It's, it's kind of one of those games where we could win, we could lose. I'm kind of I'm, – I'm betting that we win one, one of each between the Missouri and A&M. Yeah, you look at four – we got four road games, not counting North Carolina because that's a neutral site, but at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Missouri, at A&M. 
And this is the one I'm picking out of the four to at least win. You know, you gotta yeah. win. I think we gotta win one of them somehow. Yeah, but I'm not high on Texas A&M either. Yeah, I mean, well, I I think their offense stinks. I think everybody's figured out Jimbo Fisher, and I think I have them finishing last in the West. Really? Yep. Well, Texas a and is the next opponent, so we're back to back road week. So, yep. Yep. how, how no. do we fare going back to back? It's it's gonna be difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Shane Beamer. If anybody can get a team rattled up for road games at Shane Beamer. Do you think Petrino is going to have the offense rolling, though, since they brought him in at A&M? There's got to be some positive I'm, there for I'm them, not, right? I'm not sold on his offense. Really? Not at all. No. We finally got over the hump last year beating A&M. And then they came back <laughs> towards the end. We tried to give it away, but we did win. Yeah. So, yeah. is this the – have we flipped the script, I guess, and our chance to – I, they got high expectations over there, you know, at Texas A&M with Jimbo. And, yeah, it's because they're paying him out the wazoo. Right. Um, I think if they could afford the buyout, he would have been fired last year. It's like a $27 million buyout or something crazy like that. I, A&M's got good players, but you saw all the drama with their NIL stuff last year. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see that locker room being cohesive. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, they're in the West too. You know, we're still under not till next year, but you know, we still have the West and East and West, comp, you know, divisions. Right. So they got a very. I mean, obviously, we have a tough schedule playing the East and opponents in the West, but A and M. I mean, they got a gauntlet playing LSU, Alabama, Auburn, the whole nine. You name it. Yep. So, what, how will they be at that that part of the season when we're about two thirds, three fourths into the season? How, I mean, how are they fair? A uh, and M's coming off of LSU. Okay. So. They're going to be beat up. And my only worry about South Carolina is our depth. I say that every season. If we have a, a major player like Mo Kaba, who went down the first game right. of last season, if he goes down again, our outside linebacking core is not very deep and we'll be bringing in true freshmen. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of one of those things like, one, how healthy will A&M be going into that game? Yeah. And two, how healthy will South Carolina be? Yeah. If we're healthy, I see us win. We just haven't in the history the what ten years we've been in the SEC, we've been there probably four or five times. We haven't we haven't played a close game there. Well, it's also eleventh, man. I mean yeah. they they got a hundred and what, eleven thousand people <laughs> yeah. in that stadium. Yeah. Um it, that's a hard place to play. It is. But at the same time, A&M's only they only sh- the fans show up when the team's good. Yeah. If they come off a loss to LSU and maybe a loss prior in the season, yeah, I don't see them showing up. All right. After that, we have the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, which is that's a that's a chance to get healthy game. So we're not really going to discuss that. Yeah, we're just going to show them who the real Gamecocks are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're moving on. Um, and then we've got Vanderbilt here in Columbia. Yeah, I mean, Clark Lee's building his roster over there. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I mean, they it, it'll be a little competitive, but it's at the same time as Vandy. So, yeah, what, what do you. That's a win, like th- two or three touchdowns. Yeah. It's and, at home, probably a night game because SEC Network loves night games and Williams Bryce. Yeah, I mean, for South Carolina, we, uh, all, the majority of our home games are on the back end, which is very rare, but. So we've got Vanderbilt, then we've got Kentucky at home too, which has always been – we used to dominate them. They've kind of dominated us the last several 
you know, years, but we did win last year at Kentucky. Uh, they bring in a new quarterback, so are they going? Are we going to slip up on Kentucky this year? Uh, no, I think we're going to win by ten. Um, Kentucky. I don't know if you knew this. Kentucky has recruited Ohio really, really, really well. Yeah, it's pretty close. And so any any really good player out of Ohio that doesn't go to Ohio State or Michigan, yeah, Kentucky gets them. Yeah. It's a great fallback for them, right? It really is. They've Fall done right a great job of recruiting that state. Yeah, it's good. unbelievable. Yeah, and I think that's why you see their offensive line being so stacked every sure. year. Um, they have really good electric receivers, and their defensive line stacked as well. Yeah, I think we've lost to Kentucky too much recently, and I I think I'm hopeful that this year is kind of the Let's show them what South Carolina is all about, kind yeah. of like it was in 2009 in 2010 with, sure. with the Gamecocks with under Spurrier. I, I kind of – I'm hoping that's what happens with Kentucky. I, I think we win by 10, and then we can put another W on on the board there. So that sets up for the post-Thanksgiving meal. Everybody's back in town in Columbia, and it's your wildest tailgate every two years. As all your Clemson folks make their way to come hang out with us, we, could, we get to see people we don't normally see. Great time, great game. What do you expect since we come off the upset last year in Death Valley? Hmm. Do we have a chance this year? <laughs> I don't know. Garrett Riley was a heck of a hire by Clemson. I think it was a good hire for them. I mean, that if if you could hire any offensive coordinator in the country yeah. to kind of put your name back on, yeah. on the boards, it's Garrett Riley. Um, I don't see us winning that game, yeah. unfortunately. I, 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 I wish we would, but... They're, they're, they've recruited well so they've recruited year so well recently out. year yeah. in year out. They've got Will Shipley. He's going to be an All American. Um, I just I don't see us beating them. So I, I I'm going to take a an, an L there. I got our final record at at eight and four with a really dumb loss between Kentucky, Mizzou, or Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah, the over-under is six and a half wins for the year. I like the over. I don't know how we're going to get there. How much have you won on the over the past two seasons? Uh, well, you don't have to say the number, but you've won the past two seasons, right? Yeah, so Beamer's first year, I think it was his, like four wins. Yeah. And they went six and six. Mm-hmm. So I hammered that. Uh, I want to say it was a couple thousand. And then last year it was at six, I think. If I recall, yeah, that sounds about right. The same. Yeah, and so they hit it. I was actually it was over six and a half, I think. And so when they lost to Florida, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because Me of too. Tennessee and Clemson. Yep. And then they pulled off two wins. Well, they had to win one to get to seven. I think and they smoked Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. So that night, I was in the stadium, and I was like, "Not only was I excited about the win, but I was cashing my over." Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so, a great feeling yeah. right there. Yeah, you get yeah. a big win and you get the cash yeah. here at the same so, time. But, you know, it kind of reflected on the schedule this year. Over six and a half at plus money. I think it's like plus 130 at some books. I love the over six and a half. How they're going to get there, like I said, I have no idea. Because Sacramento surprises me every year. They keep me on the edge of my seat every game. I don't take any game for granted. I, I'm going to just kind of recapping. North Carolina, I have no idea. Furman win, Georgia loss. Michigan State, I'm going to go win. Tennessee loss, Florida win. 
Um, so that's three and two, not count North Carolina at Missouri. I'm gonna say we win at Missouri four and two, lose to A and M four and three, win in Jacksonville State. That's five and three. Mm-hmm. Beat Vanderbilt six and three. I think we beat Kentucky. That's seven and three, and then lose to Clemson seven and four, and I think the toss game in North Carolina. So I think we're going eight and four or seven and five. Yeah, that that UNC game is going to say a lot about our football I think season. So. I really think it will, and um, I don't understand why we have to play such difficult opponents on the first game. I mean, what's your thoughts on the Charlotte trip? Are you over the Charlotte trip or, or what? We've gone so many over times. It. I mean, I, I love Charlotte. Charlotte's a great town. I grew up there. Right. Um, I just, I don't. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd rather play FCS team and get a guaranteed W. Yeah. I, I don't – I'm fine with – I don't know. I wish we'd mix it up. Let's go play in Atlanta or something. Or do something like, you know, have the big game to do at the, at the Ben Stadium. Yeah. I don't know. I know we were slated to do that at some point. I don't know if that got got kicked to the curb with the – I thought we were supposed to play like Virginia Tech there or NC State or somebody there at one point. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I don't think I – because th- that's where Georgia plays typically their start of the season. That's where the Chick-fil-A kickoff is, right? Yeah, I don't know if they play or there's more than one team that plays – more than one game there. I'm not sure. There I can't recall. Be. I don't know. I just I, – Tepper needs to get a new stadium. That stadium's terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to be easy for South Carolina people. They just make a day trip of it. And then everybody that lives in Charlotte is a UNC alum. Yeah. Everybody. Really? Oh, yeah. So that doesn't benefit us. Yeah. I mean, Drake May went to my high school. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we had to vacate all of our wins his senior year because we recruited him to Myers Park. Uh, do what you can. Yeah. 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 There's that. It's um, high school football. Yeah. All right. So with the football playoffs, I guess, coming to an end or changing or adding teams to the playoffs, how do you kind of see this season going with the playoff contenders? All right, so we're finally done with the four-team college football playoff system. Need to be done a long time ago. Um, as of 2024, we're going to go into the 12-team model, okay, which has been needed. Um, I I think I've I've got my matchups. I've got my conference. I'm going to do some conference predictions for you, okay. if that's okay. Sure. All right. So in the SEC, I've got. Bama over Georgia and Atlanta. That's not too – I mean, Georgia is the favorite, but that's, a, that's not a too tough of a sell. Yeah, I mean, here are my, here are my, my reasonings. Um, all Bama's been here about past two years is Georgia. Sure. Georgia winning a national championship. Georgia being in the spotlight. Yeah. That – and Alabama, uh, I don't know if you knew this, they have eight starting – what could be starting offensive linemen. Okay. And they're all eight are probably going to go in the first round, if yeah. I had to guess. I mean, they're all studs. Jeez. So when you can rotate guys and not even have a hesitation of if they're going to do well in that spot, right? just bringing in fresh legs at that position is huge. Right. So I've got Bama over Georgia, and then I've got Ohio State over Iowa. Okay, for the Big Ten? Yep. Okay. I think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, moving to the championship, and I and I, I think I think Iowa's going to lose by a lot to Ohio State because Ohio State's stacked again this year. So what about uh, the Big 12? 
I got Texas over Oklahoma State. Okay. And then the Pac-12, I've got Southern Cal over Washington. Okay. That Southern Cal, I'm a little hesitant over because I don't – that Oregon matchup, it's going to be close. Yeah, I hear a lot of, a lot of uh, chatter about Oregon this year. Oregon's got a good team, man. Yeah. Yeah. But Nick's coming over from Auburn. Well, he's he spent a year at Oregon last year, but there's a lot of hype around Oregon, which I'm – They're kind of like FSU. They hit the transfer portal really hard. Yeah. They got one of our guys. FSU did, yeah. Yeah. So did Oregon. Oh, yeah. With Birch. Yeah, yeah. Birch. Yeah. I'm, and if Birch goes off this year, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> he has been a dud five-star recruit the past three years. So, let me ask you this. Who, who – so, we've talked about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC. Who else, what other conference are we missing? I had Texas over Oklahoma State. Okay. So, who's going to be in the actual playoff then? I got Ohio State, Bama. Okay. Southern Cal. Okay. If they can beat Oregon. Okay. And then I've got either Georgia or Penn State. Really? Yep. So you think two out of the SEC makes it in? Depends on how close that game is in Atlanta. And how the record – well, Georgia's schedule is going to be a breeze. So they're going 12-0. Yeah. It it depends on how – I think it really depends on how much Alabama beats them by. Yeah. What about LSU at all? You think they got a chance this year? LSU's got a good team. I mean, Brian Kelly's a heck of a coach. Dude, we saw that. Yeah, they're like fifth in the odds at 10-1 to 1 to win I, it all. I think they lose to Bama, and I think they might lose some other random game in the West. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, think Clemson's at all, I got a chance at all at the ACC? Uh, no, it's the ACC. Really? Yeah, no, I don't. I think, I think the committee has realized how weak the ACC is recently, in the past two years. Um, I, I. So you don't think Florida State's gonna? You think they don't have a chance against LSU the first game, and then? I think Florida State's gonna beat Clemson in the really? ACC championship. Really. FSU loaded up in the transfer portal. Yeah. Like loaded up. Really. They spent buku's amount of money on NIL deals. Yeah. And and Dabo is Dabo, and he's sticking to his anti-NIL stuff. Um, I just don't think Clemson's going to have the same team. Really? I really don't. I, they're not going to lose any because it's the ACC, but yeah. I don't think they have the same team. Yeah. I, I think if I had to pick four contenders, I, I think Alabama's got a chip on the shoulder with the Georgia winning two in a row. I'm with you on that. I think I think Alabama's going to win the SEC championship and get in obviously with that i think if it's a close game georgia's going undefeated so they're going to be an sc championship i think if it's a close game and it goes undefeated i or if it goes it's a close game in the in the championship mm-hmm. i think georgia still can, potentially could get in still i yeah i don't even know even i have them at the four seed but they could they could be in over southern cal their conference yeah. championship I, I i like i like usc as well southern cal to get in so I think it. I, I I know a lot of soccer line people are gonna hate this. I think Clemson's gonna have probably a pretty good year if they go undefeated. I think they're gonna get in somehow, some way. I don't. I mean, if they're undefeated, I think they, they like. I think they like the Clemson. You know, they like that. The yeah, then they're gonna get dogged by Ohio <laughs> yeah. State or Bama. Yeah. So does Clemson get in or whatnot? I, I don't know. So and then you've got uh, Ohio State, Michigan, probably one of them. Ohio State. 
Yeah. Ohio State's loaded again this year. So you got Alabama. You got Alabama. Then you've got so let's say Alabama. If I had to pick Alabama, USC. Then we've got I'm gonna say Ohio State. You mean Southern Cal? Southern Cal, yes. <laughs> One day maybe, right? <laughs> and that leaves Clemson or Georgia. I think as my fourth. If you were on that committee, how could you not pick Georgia over Clemson? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that's, that's why I say it. it depends on. There's a, it's a bunch of if then scenarios. Like right. assuming Georgia just runs the whole schedule. Yeah. They're and then they lose to Bama. Close. Close. And Clemson goes undefeated, and they run away with it. They might get the edge somehow. I don't know. No. You don't think so? No. Yeah. It, ACC. I mean, they're. That conference is so weak. And let me be clear. I'm not pulling for Clemson at all. I'm just oh, no, saying, I think there's just a way for them to get there. I just don't I don't see how you could pick Clemson over Georgia when Georgia's the preseason number one. They go undefeated in the East. They lose a close game to Bama. And then Clemson, honestly, will probably lose the FSU so that it's – this conversation is yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's going to be very fascinating. I think this is going to kind of the nail on the coffin when it comes to the 14 playoff because I think there's going to be, there's several. I mean, I'm just looking at the odds. I, I like LSU. I just don't know where they fit in at. You know, I just don't. I, I, I like Penn State, maybe. They've kind of, they have potential. I don't trust Florida State. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, trust I, Texas. I don't either. I, I really, I just, I don't see. Anybody besides Ohio State, Bama, that like I, in my opinion, Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia are three guarantees. Or do we have another thing like we did last year? Ohio State, Michigan were both undefeated until the final game, and they both got in. Yeah, what happened in that Michigan game? <laughs> they got destroyed. What exactly? They got destroyed by TCU, which was crazy. Which I was and, and very what, surprised. And then what happened to TCU? They got destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that. The committee's going to look back at the previous selections and say, like, yeah, we messed up here, we messed up there, we can't do that again. It's got to be a competitive game sure. or nobody's going to watch. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating for sure. I just I, – I don't see an ACC team getting yeah. in. I, I think if they do, then it's going to be like the Georgia TCU game last year where everybody turned it off at halftime. Right. Yeah, I think it's just going to be – it'll be fascinating to see what happens. So – so, I guess since we've gone over the playoff contenders, who we think will be in, who won't be in, who do you think is going to win it all? Oh, Bama. I'm with Bama. I like Bama, too. Bama. I, I think Saban, I just think this is the year Alabama's been, they haven't won a national title in three years, which is an attorney for Nick Saban. And Kirby Smart, a former assistant, and has now kind of got the college football seen by the balls. Yep. Uh, I, Bama's playing murder ball this year. Let me tell you. The odds is like plus plus six hundred six to one. I love Alabama at plus six. You know, I would love that too. Yeah, I I would take that. So I will say on my on the website and in future I will put up futures before Saturday. But look for that on my card. Yeah, I I I think so. With that offensive line, Bama's playing murder ball, True. and murder ball is going to win it this year. They're going to dominate. They're out. They're hungry. They're out for blood. They are out for blood. I agree. 
I agree with you. They're my overall champion this year. A pissed off Saban <laughs> in Tuscaloosa? That means everybody in Tuscaloosa is pissed off. Yeah. And that's what it's going to come down to. He's going to win one more. He's going to go out and retire. Maybe. Okay. So, who do you have as a potential Heisman winner? Well, that's a good one. You stumped me on that one. That yeah. one in our notes. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously, is the winner from last year. Can he go back-to-back? I, w- I would not bet on that. I don't think so. I mean, obviously, it appears to be a quarterback award. Just kind of like the MVP is with the NFL. So. Quarterback's the only question I have at Ohio State. Um, man, I don't know. I don't see it being a quarterback unless Alabama's quarterback just absolutely balls out this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who his quarterback is. They, they got so many they haven't even. They haven't named their starter. I don't starter. think they have. Um, Spencer Rattler. Here, here's the hot take, dude. Here's the hot take. Spencer Rattler is fifty to one to win the Heisman. If he dominates North Carolina and goes out and balls out, there's a good chance he might. He has to beat Georgia, though. He would have to beat Georgia, and that's that's yeah. such a hard task. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just look at the list. I'm just not sold on anybody. It's, it seems to be the, the Heisman winner is not the front runner. Who's on the list? Well, just looking at the list going down from favorites, you got Caleb Williams and you got Jalen Daniels from LSU, Jordan Travis from Florida State, Quinn Ewers from Texas, the guy from Washington, Cade, the quarterback from Clemson, and then you got Drake May, North Carolina, who we face in the first game. You got Bo Nix, Oregon, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame, Carson Beck's the guy from Georgia. Did you watch that Notre Dame game? I had North, Notre Dame minus twenty and a half. It was they were impressive. Sam Hartman looked good. Yeah, and if he gets if he gets rolling, dude, with Notre Dame background, you know that's going to get. Yeah, some. yeah, he'll be up. He'll he'll be in New York. I bet. Um, I. I think it's going to be Alabama's quarterback. You think so? Yeah, whoever it is. But I mean, when you have an offensive line like that, and you get seven seconds in the pocket each snap. I'm going to go with, uh, I think J.J. McCarthy is going to win it for Michigan. What? Yeah. Well, that's a hot take. It is a hot take. Okay. Yeah. I just, I look at the list, I'm like, it's got to be somebody down the list, but like, it's going to be a good player for him. Yeah, but what if Michigan gets. They're not. They're, they're loaded, dude. Yeah. I think they're losing to Penn State. I don't know. I just, I'm looking at the list, and then, like, and then I make my way to Spencer Rattler at 50 to 1. I'm like, I sprinkle a little bit on Spencer yeah, Rattler, fifty to one. Yeah, Twenty bucks. Here you go. <laughs> he was like number one quarterback coming out of high school. He had a hell of a freshman year. There's been some ups and downs. He had a decent year last year with this a, is our offensive with line. a half-ass coordinator. It's just oh yeah. If we had a coordinator last year, I mean we had the same offensive line for like five seasons. Right. If we had a experienced offensive line this year, I would, I would, I'd feel better about that. I just. Yeah. I'm going to find out in a couple days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anything else we haven't covered? Anything you think of? No, nah, man, this has been fun. I yeah. appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. Well, it looks like we've been on for a little over an hour now. So, yeah, hopefully uh, to all the listeners out there, we've given you all a lot of insight. We've kind of gone back and forth on the season and whatnot of South Carolina football. Hopefully all you South Carolina fans will tune in, all you college football fans will tune in, and even you Clemson fans will tune in uh, as well. So we've got a lot of – a lot of friends and people out there as well. So um, we'll uh, have you back on, Pat, I guess, maybe probably throughout the season. We'll kind of see yeah, yeah, see where the state of South Carolina is and 
how yeah. the college football things kind of shape Ho- up. Hopefully my predictions work out. If not, then y'all can just roast me in the comments. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. And we'll revisit uh, where we stand and uh, go from there. So, again, thanks for being on and uh, look forward to doing it again. Appreciate you having me. Yep, appreciate it. Thank you to Pat for joining us today. I cannot wait to get this football season rolling. Stay tuned as we will continue to put out episodes during the season. Hope you all have enjoyed today's podcast as we dive deep into all the details of college football, playoff predictions. We go the South Carolina football season. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, That is all for episode 14. Good luck on your football picks this first weekend. We look forward to having you ride with us this football season at Sports Cat Value. So come on board today, enjoy our monthly membership, 90 bucks for 30 days. That's sportscatvalue.com. We'd love to have you. We are here to make you money. Our handle is at sportscatvalue. That's sportscap, C-A-P, value. And until next time, um, we are signing out from the skib, and we'll see you. Have a great weekend.